I will say, like, I always thought it was funny if I was watching, like, my morning shows before school, and, mm-hmm. like, the last episode of a season would finish, and then the, a new episode would start for a new season, but it was, like, a completely different season that is nowhere near <laughs> what you were watching before. I'm like, <laughs> who makes these decisions? End of season one, beginning of season four. When these dads meet world, watching boy meets world, we grew up on the show, now we have kids, and host a podcast, we watch each episode, and then share our thoughts and grades, when these dads meet world. They want you to take the rolls! Welcome back to Dad's Meet World, that groovy, love-filled series of podcast episodes that dives into Boy Meets World from the perspective of two dads. I am dad number one this week, Brett, joined on the microphone by dad number two. I am Tyler, dad number two, the pooper scooper. That's right. The pooper scooper himself is back. And Tyler, Kelly uh, Kelly likes the theme song, but she thinks I'm a little flat in a couple places. She thinks I should re-record it with some auto-tune. Hmm. Maybe she'd like to also sing with you, and then that'll help out as well. <laughs> Maybe. So how are things going for you, Tyler? Oh, it's going okay. We've just... Uh, the, the youngest just... The amount of times I've wiped boogers off of his face today is just ridiculous. Like, he's just been a faucet. And mm. for all the good-looking people out there that are not uh, are not parents, what you need to understand is that they don't stop ever not having, like, the running nose. Like, it's just it's a thing. Um, so when it's happening, it's nonstop, and you're just like, just stop this already <laughs> what really stinks is as they get older and they'll like slowly have stuff going but then they'll like snort it up just enough and then you're just like oh my gosh boogers is just always a thing with children always it's always going to be a problem <laughs> like the older one also had uh some boogie issues and at one point he was wiping nose and my wife goes hey did you just wipe your nose or did you actually like blow in no i just wiped (laughs) so it's just it's life life is boogies uh i will say that i got some stuff hung up today at the house and so trying to make it a little homier a little more organized and especially like in the boys room we hung up a bunch of stuff like uh poster a couple of signs and a, a sea wolves flag so nice. their room's looking looking pretty nice now I'm really excited so very nice do they get into the otters we have not done anything with the otters yet. Uh, say, Grayson went to three Seawolf games this past season, and then they won the championship, so clearly next year he's got to go to more. Oh, clearly. Um, yes. No, I think at some point we'll have to go to the otters game. We may have to look into that for uh, yeah. around uh, Christmas time as an extra gift or something. Yeah. Who knows? I had a friend who was at the otters game last night. That's what made me think of it. Mm. Uh, I saw someone today who was at an honors game. Yeah. 
What's up with what's you, man? Good to, well, it's good to hear that things are going a little more, uh, a little more active this week for you, even though it's more snot-filled. Good-looking people, if this is your first episode, we're not usually this off the cuff with boogers, but uh, we are this off the cuff. Period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I will tell you real quick that I was hanging stuff up in my office, making that look all cool as well. So I was kind of in the zone of like organizing and, you know, hanging things, making a room look nice. So nice. Yeah, Yeah, things are things are good here. We've got uh, Abby's out of town in Chicago on a marching band trip. They marched in the uh, Magical Mile Christmas Parade. They were actually the second to last unit in the parade, they marched directly in front of Santa. So they were, they were the band bringing Santa to town for Chicago. So that's pretty cool. Santa Claus coming to town. Yeah. And, uh, so that was pretty cool to hear about. Although Abby herself didn't quite catch that aspect of it. I think we'll have to explain that a little bit to her when she gets home. Or uh, via text, she was thinking, step off, sit like 530. Why are we waiting? You know, why they invite us all the way out here if they're sticking us at the end? <laughs> so it's like, no, no, no. This is one of those parades where it built up to the end, not Peter's out at the end. <laughs> yeah. Holiday parades are different than Fourth of July and Memorial Day parades. Yeah. Uh, so... Real quick, I know you and I need to talk about Christmas movies at some point, but Sarah informed me that she watched uh, Last Christmas a few days ago, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which, good looking people, if you've not seen Last Christmas, I recommend if you like Amelia Clark and you like a complicated story. But, uh, for lack of better wording, there is some sadness towards the end. And because uh, it's a little more of an actual chick flick, not so much a rom-com. And uh, I looked at my wife and I said, why did you even watch that movie? She goes, well, I know it's sat in the theaters, but I thought, I like this movie. I want to watch it. <laughs> she goes, and I was just bawling. And I'm like, you just, that's a poor choice for you right now. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but yeah. Christmas movies. Oh, Christmas movies. It's that time of year. Give give Mm -hmm. us a couple more days here in our house and we'll allow the Christmas movies out. Not before Thanksgiving. Yeah. (laughs) Once this once this episode has dropped, Christmas movies will be out. We'll be hanging decorations the day this is dropped. So Yeah. I mean you have uh, twinkly lights behind you. Yeah, but those are left over from Halloween. (laughs) I'm just saying you got twinkly lights already. They, they are twinkly. They're orange, though. <laughs> I will I still tell have you, a I skeleton. Hung, I uh, I hung my flag in my office this week, and uh, people were asking me, uh, were you in the military? And I said, no, but I have a good story behind that. And good-looking nice. people, if you want to know more, you'll have to tune in at a different time and ask me about it. All right. So I'm yes, not sharing that right indeed. now. Because we need to get to that synopsis, Brett. We do need to get that synopsis. I still have my flag as well. It just doesn't hang up in here. i got to find a good space for it. Probably the main cave. Anyway, we're going to look at episode 14 of season three this week. A kiss is more than a kiss. 
Now, in this episode, at Sean's urging, Corey re-enters the dating world, but he cannot bring himself to kiss his date, Melissa, because he's still in love with Topanga. But she's too busy locking lips with another guy. This episode was written by Michael Swerdlick. This is the only Boy Meets World episode credited to him. Uh, he also wrote for Doogie Hauser, who's the boss, Beverly Hills 90210, and others. Is directed by John Tracy, the last time that he'll direct an episode of Boy Meets World. And we did find out last week that he directed 13 episodes of Step by Step. Step by step, day by day. Yes. And it uh, originally premiered on January 26, 1996. Day by day! <laughs> Currently has an IMDb rating of 7.9. And good looking damage. people, it is time for everyone's favorite game show. Vast Emotional Damage, where we like to have Tyler see if he can guess accurately just how many million viewers tuned in the first time this show premiered. So Tyler, this episode, our previous episode, premiered with 17.6 million viewers. How many million viewers do you think A Kiss is More Than a Kiss debuted to? Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first week of February? This is the last week of January. Last week of January. See, that's part of the comp- it's complicated, man. Yes, we're not quite into February sweeps yet. No, no stunt casting or anything. No. Uh, 90s. I'm going to go with the number that I originally thought of the moment we brought this up. Uh, let's go with 15. What are we going with? 15 mil. 15 mil? We actually experienced a bump up to 18.7 wow. million. Yeah. Wow. I did not Apparently, that. I'm, I don't remember the marketing, but I'm guessing in some of the marketing, they, they probably promoted that there was some, uh, some Corey Topanga drama. drama. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it then. Let's do We're it. We're going to start... Yeah, we're going to start off with Corey and Topanga talking in the hallway. Sean's a little bit concerned that they're all friendly. <laughs> Do you have any of this interaction clip, by the way? Um, Not not of the Corey and Topanga stuff, but the Corey and Sean afterwards, yes. Let's just get to that. <laughs> all right. So, yes, afterwards, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll circle back to Corey and Topanga, but let's get to Corey and Sean. Sean, are you crying? I think I lost you, man. I said I'd do this fashion fest thing when we were still going out. I mean, I can't bail on her. Yeah, you can't. You've got to move on. Oh, quit your crying. I'm just a guy in a tux, walking down an aisle with his ex-girlfriend in a gown in front of the entire school. And you think I haven't moved on. Okay, Corn. If, uh, if you're really over her, then you're ready to date other girls. Well, I should say so. So you'd be up for a little double date action? Yes, but what will you do, Sean? Oh, now this is the Corey I've always hoped for. <laughs> hey, Katie, Melissa, you guys want to go out with me and Corey tonight? Sure, that'd be great. All right, Corey. We just got ourselves a double date. What do you say? You go. <laughs> I will say, 
what I wanted to bring up was the fact that Sean came up and was like, you and Topanga aren't a couple anymore. And he goes, yeah, I know. My point exactly. <laughs> then we agree. No, I think we're saying the same thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just the, the conviction and annoyance he has right now for his best friend. <laughs> he, he does. He sees. Sean sees that Corey and Topanga are apart. And Sean sees that they really haven't done a whole lot to distance themselves. No. And Topanga is still like giving Corey kisses on the cheek. Which, and we'll we'll come back to that later, but this is clearly going to be an issue for Corey, hence the title. But, like, in Corey's brain, they're not really broken up. And Sean can right. see, Sean senses this. No, I agree, is that he, in Corey's understanding of the world, he and Topanga are still basically together. Even yes. if they're not, quote-unquote, together anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, multiple times he refers to Topanga as his woman. And Sean's just trying to say to him, like, no, y- she's not. She mm-hmm. was. Now she's not. Yep. And, I mean, it sucks for Corey, but, you know, he and her made the choice to break up. Stop acting yeah. like a couple. Yeah, and I mean, and we'll get, you know, we'll see this throughout the episode, but spoiler alert, Sean honestly is right. Mm-hmm. There there needs to be a, a seismic <laughs> shift here. <laughs> let's let's clear that up, Rick. He's right about one thing, and well, that's yes. it. <laughs> He's right about one thing. Uh, and, and, you know, a seismic shift does need to happen in one way. We'll, we'll get to that. But... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get Corey and Topanga. We're supposed to are supposed to take part in this fall fashion or this prom fashion show where you know people will come. They'll get a look at the prom attire. They can then uh, rent it or purchase it from dealers in the area, and whatnot. And Sean has a problem with that. Corey doesn't. But then we have this interaction that we just we just played and. I love Sean's excitement at the Corey he's always dreamed of. <laughs> oh, but what will you do, Sean? I I love this interaction. I was watching this last night and I was just laughing out loud. There's there's a few times in this episode where I was just doubled over laughing. And uh the the girls are gonna take out. Let's give a little bit of information on them. Melissa is Andy McAfee, and her name should sound a little bit familiar to longtime listeners of Dad's Meat World, because this is the second of two appearances. She was uh, first on way back in season two, episode 14, I Am Not a Crook. So if you really want her bio, you can go back and listen to that episode, because I didn't bring her I am not a crook. Yes. And so Katie... I didn't hear that. What uh, character did she play beforehand? Um, you know, I, uh, I, I didn't even, uh, they didn't really even give her a name that I remember. She was one of the girls that was in the crowd when they were going back and forth. Um, when they brought out the, the girl that, that Sean said was icky. Oh, yes. She was, she was the other girl that actually had a speaking part in that crowd. Gotcha. 
but I don't remember them even giving her a name. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> and uh, and then Katie, Sean's date, is Adina Panella, or Panea. I'm not sure that could be either way. Uh, it's first and only time we'll see her on Boy Meets World. And uh, Boy Meets World is actually her only credited role in Hollywood. Hmm. We won't ever see her again in any other role. <laughs> so... I wonder if she had yeah. like a family member like attached to this episode or the show, because that's really weird. Very possible. I mean, she only really says a couple of lines and mostly just makes out with Sean this episode, so... Yeah, I mean, she. Uh, it's possible she had to someone on the crew and just happened to... Yeah. Ryder Strong's <laughs> current girlfriend... That's very possible. Yeah. Well, anyway, and I, initially, I was uh, initially when I was writing my notes down, I wondered how long after the breakup this was. I was figuring at least two weeks, and Corey actually confirmed that later on. But uh, so the guys are going to have this double date. Mm -hmm. We go out from the act break. We're going to come back. Eric is out in the backyard. Yeah. He's sneaking a letter from a college. And it's just heartbreaking for Mr. Feeney to hear because it's a rejection letter. Yeah. Yeah. This well, is a tough I mean, one. Feeney knows that Eric's going to get rejected from a lot of places. But, like, you get the feeling that, like, just hearing a little excitement to just straight up just sadness just kind of breaks him, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, because he knows Eric wants to go to college. Eric just only put in the effort this year. So, yeah. And I, I have to say, Brett, as someone who is a Penn State person, um, Penn State person as in I live in Pennsylvania and if I have to choose a football team for college, it's Penn State. Um, you know, the actual <laughs> Penn State campus <laughs> is a hard school to get into oh yeah it's not it's not ivy leagues but like it's it's one that people have to work to get into mm -hmm. um i think there's a handful of people i know that applied to main campus and didn't get in but then applied to the uh smaller schools around us mm -hmm. and uh that's how they got to eventually transfer to the big campus um yep but yeah you know even a state school can be a hard school to get into oh yes yes state schools are very they're just not in a lot of ways they're not as hard as an ivy league but in in other ways just the sheer volume of people trying to get into a state school is a massive hurdle and you bring up branch campuses most state schools have at least a few branch campuses. Kelly actually worked for a Penn State branch campus just out hmm. of college. And that's that's kind of your way into it. And so for Penn State, for, for Eric, I'm going to say in the Boy Meets World universe, for Eric to even get a rejection letter from Penn State, period, not even a, uh, you know, check out one of our branch campus as an option, that's just just huge. That's just yeah. backbreaking. I mean, but again, that is part of the writer's writing 
to make sense of and the state of mind that Eric is in because I what's always bothered me <laughs> is the amount of places <laughs> he applied to and the amount of rejection letters he got because I mean I looked it up you still had to pay a fee in the 90s so like how many applications and how many fees is he paying these schools to send out these applications for and these applications take time so it's like how much time and energy is he giving to send out all of the amount of places that he is applying to mm-hmm. so yeah. i know that's tv magic i get that but also <laughs> you know someone who lives say in california might not realize that penn state is a hard school to get into yeah i mean i'm also aware that there's a lot more bigger name schools in say the california state compared to in pennsylvania mm-hmm. and that's also part of the problem <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah but uh agubwa's so, got er- agubwa <laughs> <laughs> So you are calling Agubwa. Or are you calling the joke comes first? <laughs> oh, it's always the joke comes first, Brett. You know that. <laughs> anyway, um, Eric Eric realizes he's he's been found out by Mr. Feeney, tries to pass it off uh, that his parents are taking their rejection so hard, not him. And I, I found myself wondering, has he really received 30 or 40 rejection letters or does it just feel that way to him? And, yeah. uh, you know, he kind of, he kind of fishes for a pep talk without really fishing for a pep talk. And I, I just clipped the audio for Mr. Feeney's pep talk. Cause it's just very brief, but it, it, it left a mark for him. Well, that no one likes rejection, but if you keep applying and keep trying, you and the right college will find each other. It's very simple. I mean, it's not necessarily deep, but it's something that that kept motivating Eric. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. we see... Well, I was just going to say, like, uh, I mean, I know because we've watched the show before, eventually Eric will get to go to college, but just it's in this struggle that he has that sets him on the path eventually that he needs to go through to get Mm -hmm. to school and i think we need to start being much more willing to be open to the different ways of getting into school other than just you graduate high school you immediately go to college exactly yeah yes but go ahead and continue well then we're gonna go into the kitchen where Corey is sucking on a lemon because they're out of breath mints so it's not a date and uh we get we get a little a little surprise for us viewers here you know why can't you guys learn from morgan she is a great sister i mean she stays in her room you don't hear from her you don't see her and best of all she stays out of my personal life so when we're upstairs is you got a date morgan long time no see the longest time out I've ever had. So who's the unlucky girl? Well, if you must know, her name is Melissa, okay? And we're just seeing a movie. With that thing on your nose? What thing? It's too easy. (laughs) Mom. Come on, Morgan, let's go watch TV in the other room. TV's not funny. Corey's life is funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> we get Morgan back. Yay. Oh, yes. And for, for completionist's sake, this is Lindsay Ridgway stepping into the role, coming from some voice acting in Sonic the Hedgehog, a guest spot on Star Trek Voyager. Uh, she goes on to do a little more voice acting. She, really, outside of Boy Meets World, she didn't do, has not done a lot in Hollywood outside of the Boy Meets World universe. And so Eric decides to give Corey a pep talk about jumping back in the dating pool. And, yeah, I like how uh, mom's like, yep, he needs to talk to, Sh- to Eric. <laughs> Morgan's like, Corey talks Corey to talks Eric. To Sh- Corey talks to Sean. When does Corey, Corey talk talks to, to me? Corey talks to mom and dad. Corey talks to Mr. Feeney. When's Corey going to talk to Morgan? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Eric gives some solid advice. Don't talk about your old girlfriend. And then the most important advice is interrupted by a phone call, of course. Of course. Classic TV. And then we wind. Oh, yes. Yes. And then we wind up at Chubby's. Uh, We find out Corey was in a completely separate theater from the other three. Uh, watching a completely different movie. And uh, when Sean and his date come up for air and the girls leave, Sean has a wonderful question for him. Hi, I'm on a date. What are you on? Because Corey's actually on the lecture circuit. <laughs> this Corey is old man Corey. He's just... Th- this is not date Corey. In the office, you've got date Mike. This is this is the opposite of date Mike. I will say that uh, Sean's understanding of what a date is is quite concerning to me as a father and as an, an adult. Yes, I had that same thought, that it's not a date until you've kissed. Yeah, unless you kiss, it's not a date. And it's like, but it is a date like I've I've been on many dates that didn't involve kissing (laughs) right it's perfectly possible and perfectly natural to go on a date that doesn't end in a kiss or doesn't involve kissing yeah oh but according to Sean it's the reason we got out of the trees man yes I'm really (laughs) curious about what his understanding of human evolution and you know (laughs) what his creation story is yeah but he puts that ticking clock on Corey for this uh, you've got to you've got to finish this date by the end of the night you've got to kiss her by the end of the night you've got to you've got to actually have this date happen by the end of the night which also brings to mind if Sean went on six dates over the course of a weekend just a couple of episodes ago Sean's making out with like six different girls over the course of a weekend. Just a couple of episodes ago. Here's my now question. Does Sean consider it a date if he meets a girl, makes out with her, and then walks away from her? Is that a date? That's a very good question. Because I could see Sean... Oh my gosh. Uh... Considering a date of he's at Chubby's and in, say, the course of five hours makes out with two different girls and says, well, I had five, two dates today. <laughs> like, yeah. gosh, I'm going to sound like such an old man. 
you do not have to <laughs> kiss someone in order for it to be considered a date. That's just you don't have to. You, if you like someone and you want to kiss them, that's one thing. But you can also like someone and decide, I'm not ready to kiss that person. That's also okay. You never have to do anything you don't want to do. And you can't force anybody to do anything that they don't want to do. And the truth is, especially in this situation, Corey is not ready to kiss another girl. Like, we can count on our hand how many girls Corey has kissed at this point, and it's understandable that he'd be uncomfortable because the girl he spent most of his time kissing, both as friends kissing and as in a relationship, is Topanga. Mm-hmm. So it's understandable for him that he's not ready to kiss another girl, especially so quickly. Yeah. So, I don't know. Sean's dating advice is quite annoying and frustrating. Hi, do you need attention now? Indeed. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's check in with uh, Corey at the end of his date then. Yes. Because he and Melissa, they're on the front porch. And uh, we find out Melissa wants Corey to kiss her at the end of the night. Corey's not sure if he wants to kiss her. And we, we kind of leave that, we, we leave on that shot of Corey, uh, we leave it ambiguous. Because the next thing we know, we're walking around the cafeteria with, with Eric, who's been accepted to Boris College. You know, <laughs> BC, Boris College. Yeah, BC, Boris. <laughs> And, uh, you know, of course, the table that consists of Mr. Turner, Mr. Williams, and Mr. Feeney are immediately suspicious at best of Boris College. It doesn't even sound like a real college. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have some... We'll, we'll come back to them later. But Sean can look at Corey's face his unkissed face and see that he only that Corey only shook Melissa's hand. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> and as as he's in the midst of explaining to Corey that this is just so wrong and completely just against the laws of nature, Melissa comes up to Corey and is letting him know how appreciative she is that He's different from other boys, that any other boy would just have gone in for the kiss, but Corey didn't. And Sean is just flabbergasted. Everything I've ever believed is wrong. (laughs) He has to try this shaking hands. And so, you know, Sean's date from the other night comes in, Katie, and he wants to shake her hand, which is really just a prelude to a kiss and Corey's a genius of course (laughs) and so yes so now are they on a date in the school according to Sean's definition I we we might need to say so (laughs) I don't this is I wasn't thinking about this beforehand but this is just rattling in my brain of just 
Sean's understanding of dating, and I'm very troubled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, maybe we maybe we can expand it out a little bit. Maybe maybe give Sean a little bit of grace that it does have to be a, a, a meeting, a, a formal meeting that that involves kissing of some sort. Mm-hmm. That it's not just a happenstance meeting and it's just the kissing let's Mm -hmm. let's let's expand a little bit to an actual meeting that does involve kissing of some sort Mm -hmm. well let's give sean a little bit of grace there why because we like sean i know but i don't like him this episode Okay, so well, I do anyway. have to comment on Boris, because when Boris plays Notre Dame, yeah, he's going to get him and Feeney on the 50-yard line. Oh, and yeah. I love that Eli immediately says, I'll take Notre Dame by 60. <laughs> uh, so, uh, two things. A, that's funny because Notre Dame always packs their schedule with a bunch of weak competition because they're an independent team. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that works, but that's how it works. And so they literally always have a really good record for the most part because their team is their their schedule is probably the weakest schedule in all of the NCAA. Oh Just yes. <laughs> uh, second, Feeney didn't go to Notre Dame. Apparently he went to Harvard. He's from Boston, so he would he would have no interest in Notre Dame. In fact, there's a chance that Notre Dame plays Boston or Harvard. A chance. Yeah. So it's just Harvard's not exactly known for their athletics. Correct. They're very much not worth known for their I mean, athletics. Name name one Harvard football player aside from Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I was going to say, that's about it. Um, <laughs> that's all I can think well, of off the top of my I head. I will say, when I used to play NCAA football, I always would schedule like an Ivy League school every now and then just so I could play one of them and crush them mm-hmm. and feel better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but I yeah. will say, I feel bad because Eric does talk to a girl about how excited he is about this and... You know, she's excited for him, and the mm-hmm. only time we ever see this girl is Kristen. But yeah, yeah, you feel you feel the concern if they don't go to get go to college of what their life is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And it does break my heart. It does, yeah. But hey, uh, hey me amigo. All he did was shake her hand. <laughs> I like how we don't see any of the date. We just literally get back to that porch, though. Yeah. And he's like, hey, what are we doing? We're here, you know, at the yep, door. Yep. We're here the again. At the door. A step. A doorstep, you know. It's, he's like, he's he's doing his, uh, he's pulling out a comedy routine. <laughs> like, yeah, you've said that three times now. I mean, window. What's up with that? <laughs> What's the deal with airline peanuts? <laughs> so anyway, I like how she's just trying to say again, like, why don't you just kiss just me? Kiss me. Doesn't yeah. have a response. And instead, he wants to meet her parents. <laughs> yes. 
everybody decent? <laughs> and uh, then he goes and finds Sean at Chubby's who's shooting parents? some pool. How do you do that? <laughs> no, the pure question is, why haven't you kissed her? And it's at this point that Corey confesses that he's not over Topanga. He finally mm-hmm. says it out loud. And Sean uh, is like, you know, everybody knows it. And they turn around, including the guy who she's making out with. Everyone knows it. Question. Mm -hmm. Did we ever have a scene of Corey and Topanga making out at Chubby's? Not to my knowledge. And this is where I, I, I jotted in my notes that Topanga and this guy are going at it in a very public space, and it feels very out of character for what we've seen of her to this point. Uh huh. And it feels like the writers just needed to put her, it needed an excuse for Corey to see her kissing someone. Yeah, I mean, but like, this is not the Topanga that we've seen for three and a half, for three seasons. This is not the correct. Topanga that they've crafted correct and this is she says later on i'm not cory cory has a line later on that you know it took us 14 years to kiss the way that you kissed him and her retort is i'm not kissing him like i ever kissed you like well okay um not from what we've seen on screen that's right. a whole lot more involved than what we've seen you kiss him on screen. And so you know, this this just feels it it feels so out of place. Yes. I think it would be more impactful if you would have seen her flirting with that guy the way she was flirting with Corey in that one mm-hmm. scene where um in the one about how he told her that he loved her like if he saw her or like um you know like blowing in the guy's ear while he's throwing a dart or whatever or playing pool like that would make more of an impact um yes. because she is directly doing something to another guy that she was doing with him and oh, yeah, yeah it just it is out of character for her to just, be making out with someone This else. is like Sean in one of his dates. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly what happened in that booth five, two minutes earlier <laughs> in real world time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm I, glad I'm not the only one who felt that way. <laughs> no, it just, it feels so weird for her to be doing that in such a public place. Mm-hmm. When we never see Corey and Topanga ever making out in any way in any sort of public place. There's innuendo of them finding a place to go do that that's not right in public. So, yeah. No, it bothered me. It bothered me a lot. Yeah. Now, it did lead to one of those moments that had me doubled over laughing. Pinch me. <laughs> Just right there. <laughs> I will say, you watch, and he just barely moves his hand, and <laughs> he says that you're like, oh my gosh, what is their relationship? Oh man, pinch me, 
No, no, no. But. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always not going to be funny. Well, yeah. So Corey wants to get in a fight with this guy and keep him from kissing his woman. And Sean is the good friend here. Sean physically removes him from Chubby's. Fireman carries him. Fireman carries him all the way to Turner's. And yeah. it's implied that he carries him all the way to Turner's. Yeah. Again, and, how close is Turner's to this place? I'm figuring Turner's is probably not that far, considering the first time Eli came to town, Turner let him know that he comes here a lot. So, You know what? Let's just... Let's throw it out, Brett. What if, what if Chubby's is literally either right down the block from him, or what if Chubby's is below his apartment? You know, I love the idea of Turner living in the same building above Chubby's. Yeah, me too. Like, I love, I love the idea that it's such a dive that there will they have a cheap rent above, but on the same token, all the people that live there don't want to eat there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Let's make it canon. Let's do it. The producers can't tell us otherwise. Turner lives above Chubby's. Yeah. I mean, the pictures look all sorts of different, but who cares? Uh, But yeah, they are... Corey is desperately trying to say, that guy's kissing my woman. And Sean's trying to be a good friend, saying, she's not your woman. She's Mm -hmm. not yours. She's free to go date other people. Yep. And so uh, are you, and you need to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I, I mean, again, you and I have talked about this. So we don't really agree with the fact that they, huh? Okay, they had to break up, but the fact mm-hmm. is, is, they did break up, and you cannot yep. treat someone in the same way if you've broken up. Like your relationship has changed; it has to change, right. and. If you have such a good friendship that you can kind of go back to being just friends, terrific. Unfortunately, most people cannot. Mm-hmm. And that's just part exactly. of life. Yeah, and it's it's very difficult for most people. Mm-hmm. Some, some have managed it, but most people, it's just too much of a change. Yeah. But Corey is... Uh, He's just so... Corey's finally going to go over to to Melissa's house and apparently wake her up and just finally going to see if they've got chemistry and kiss her. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Corey's not going to have any sparks with any girls. Let's just be real. Yeah. Well, maybe almost no girls. (sighs) Yeah. Give it two seasons. I get it. They get in that season five slump. Okay. One of my so, favorite lines is coming up, though. Because uh, Sean says to him, uh, this is when you see Topanga with another guy and you won't go bonkers. And immediately, Corey, Corey sees Topanga and goes, bonkers. <laughs> yeah, jumps on Nick's back at school the next day. Chicken, Chicken fights. fights. Me, Me and Nick. Nick. <laughs> And Sean walks away, and it's this point he's just given up. He knows he can't do anything more to help. And we meet Nick, the guy that uh, Topanga's been sucking face and playing tonsil hockey with and whatever other euphemism you want to use. Yeah. Nick is played by Shane West. First and only time we'll see him in Boy Meets World. 
50 credited roles to his name. You saw him in California Dreams, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sliders, Dracula 2000, Ocean's Eleven. The big things that you might have seen him in are the movies A Walk to Remember and The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He was a big heartthrob for a minute. Hmm. Uh, ER, Nikita, and Gotham, and a few more. He was Bane in Gotham. Oh, Yes. I have to look up this guy's IMDb because now I'm curious about a lot of his things and I don't want to take up too much time going through his stuff. Yes. He was Tom Sawyer in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh. But, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to take two seconds to say this, Brett. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is actually pretty good and I don't want to hear otherwise by people. I get it has I a bad enjoy rap, it on, but... Uh, on his- on its standalone merits, as as a movie, on its standalone merits, I enjoyed it. Yeah, is it it's a f- anything like the comics it's based upon? Very little, but you know what? That's okay. Yeah, it's a fun, random standalone, like with random historical characters throughout time, and it's it's a fun thing. Mm-hmm. So. The new the new guy leaves with some uh, side eye at the old boyfriend, and uh, we get this conversation between Corey and Topanga. Corey, I know this is weird for you, but you can't be acting like this. We're not together anymore. Oh, so that means you can date anyone you want to? I'm not going to have this conversation. Fine, then don't have this conversation. I will. People are staring at us. Well, let him stare at us. That didn't seem to bother you last night at Chubby's. You were there? Yeah. I mean, how do you think that made me feel? Corey, I'm sorry you saw that. Well, you both knew we were going to see other people. I know, but you're not supposed to kiss anybody else. Corey, I wish I knew what to say. Well, I got to get to class. Well, I'm not done talking to you. Well, I got to go. You know, when you were my girlfriend, you would have been five minutes late. Well, I'm not your girlfriend anymore. Fine. That's the way you want it. I got a better idea. Let's not be friends anymore either. You don't mean that. This this is just rough for both of them. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, we've got Topanga being so completely out of it that she doesn't think for a moment that Corey could possibly be in such a public space as Chubby's mm. that he would see her making out. And then not being willing to either take time to talk about this very important moment in both of their friendship or to say, let's talk about this at lunch or after school. Mm -hmm. And you've got Corey being so driven by his emotions that he's willing to chuck the, he's, he's, he's still living in the past. And since he's not getting any traction, he's willing to chuck the whole friendship out the window as well. I will say that when he brings up Chubbies to her, she immediately looks like she doesn't know how to move forward in the conversation. Because That was some fantastic face acting by Danielle Fischel. It conveys a sense of guilt, a sense of you're correct, a sense of I've messed up and I immediately realized that I've hurt this person that I care so much about. 
but also a little shame because mm -hmm. this is not actions that we've seen from Topanga. And there's always a chance that she was guilted into, hey, whatever the boy wants to kiss you, you just got to kiss him there, you know. And that's not the type of guy that Corey is, but that's the type of guy that, you know, Nick is. So mm -hmm. Topanga went along with it because that's what the boy wanted to do. Gosh, I hate sexism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, anywho, <laughs> the more important thing is, is this is really great acting on Daniel Fishel's part. That's for sure. Yes, it is. And she brings this character to life in a way that no one else could have done it. Because mm -hmm. yep. I will say, in all of the random writers writing random things for her, her details of who, sh what makes her her, at the end of the day, she is still at the core the same person, regardless of what influences people have over this character. She's still a very strong-willed person and very moral person. And when she messes up, she feels so much weight of that mm -hmm. so and you can feel that in this moment so yep. good job daniel you're amazing good job yeah and so we'll we'll leave them in the hallway there some nice nice uh blocking there with Corey walking one way and topanga standing in on, on the other side of the wall there i love that shot uh eric's at lunch talking with the friend you mentioned earlier uh played by sadie stratton uh she was kratzig at the moment at that moment in time. First and only time first and only time we'll see her on Boy Meets World. Thirty-eight credited roles to her name. Uh on projects such as Team Knight Rider, Bedazzled, Charmed, 90210, The Protector, Parenthood, Westworld, N N C I S, uh, Oppenheimer, and more. Hmm. Um but uh, Turner and Eli and Feeney are all confirmed. They've confirmed their suspicions that Boris is not a legitimate college. Boris? Really, George? Boris? <laughs> Someone's uh, got to tell Eric that Boris is not a school. Oh, I know. Why doesn't George do it? <laughs> <laughs> So Feeney, Feeney takes the time to come over to sit with Eric and tell him. And Eric Eric admits he knows that it wasn't, you know, I'm not a brain surgeon. Well, actually, Boris my diploma that, that they sent me a couple days after they sent me my acceptance letter says that I am. Mm -hmm. so, but Eric just, you know, why, why, why did you go along with it? Well, you know, it's, it's that sense of belonging that Eric sees everyone else who's getting their college acceptance letters. And it's those mm. letters that, that he, that he hangs on to. He got the wrong letters on his report cards and he's getting the wrong letters now. Yeah. And so something's kind of stuck with him that he's really, you know, that we're seeing again, he's realizing perhaps a bit too late for now that he put in not enough time earlier to be where he wants to be now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I will say I love that it ends with, you see that kid beside me? This is going to Duke. You want to tell him or do you want me to? Uh, I will Duke. say real quick, I did look up Shane West, and uh, 
when I saw it was Shane West unaccredited in uh, Ocean's Eleven, I went, oh, he's one of the actors playing poker. And he's the mm-hmm. guy that goes, Shane, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, I'm doing this. Like, ah, oh, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> so, yep. interesting. Cor- or I say, Boy Meets World does this quite often of having a random person that hits it, you know, either big or somewhat big. And, like, just mm-hmm. the random roles, so... Yep, their casting department had had an eye for talent. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So we're gonna go back to Corey. He's uh, hanging out in the kitchen, throwing <laughs> some old Topanga mementos very, in the garbage disposal. Very passive disposal aggressive. Yes, in the trash compactor that apparently Alan did get around to installing. Yep. Yeah, it's very passive aggressive. Very and romantic the, uh, gift. Yes, the very romantic gift. I love the screaming bear. I love you very much. Yeah, I got a crush on you. Which brings um, Alan and Amy into the kitchen, and we finally get an Alan Amy conversation with Corey. We've been waiting for this. Feels like all season. Um, He must have been on his own grounding. He must have been. (laughs) <laughs> but of course, you know, since we've been waiting so long, I clipped it. So let's uh, good. Let's dive in. I mean, two weeks after we break up, she ends up kissing another guy, and not just any guy, Dad. Another guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't want this. Look, I'm not saying you shouldn't be upset, but you have got to expect that Topanga is going to go out with other guys, and you're going to go out with other girls. You tour in high school. You're supposed to date around. That's how you find the right person. I know, but what if Topanga's my right person? She might be. And going out with other girls might help you find out for sure. Your mom and I, we broke up, got back together three or four... Once. (laughs) Right, uh, once before we got married. And did you guys stay friends? There were some rocky points, but we were always there for each other. See, I think that's what brought us back together. I mean, if you really care for each other, you don't just throw away the most important bond you have, your friendship. You know... So we find out that Alan and Amy broke up once and got back together. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just going to state that uh, that's probably the best advice that I was always given. Uh, was if you want to have an actual successful relationship, you have to be friends with the person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll just go ahead and say it. When I was thinking about asking Sarah to marry me five minutes after we started dating, uh, at one point I was having a conversation with my dad. And I was like, hey, you know, gosh, maybe I said this before. I can't remember. But I was like, hey, you know, why do you love mom? And the first thing he said was, well, she's an amazing wife. And then, because it's his, his first take, and then he goes, well, you know, Ty, she's my best friend. Because it's the person I want to talk to, she's the person I want to share things with, and she's the person I want to be around. So, you know, she's just the person I always want to be near and by and do everything with. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, it comes down to if this person is your friend, you know, it means something. You know, because eventually all of us get uglier and get older and get weirder, get a little wiser. But eventually, 
We're not always going to look this pretty, so... We gotta like someone for more than just their looks. Speak for yourself, I age like fine wine. Fine wine. Yeah, you didn't have that uh, gray in your beard when I met you there, sir. It's distinguished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, okay, let's just do fox, this real quick, Brent. I know why I'm growing out my beard. Why are you growing out your beard? Uh, just too lazy to trim it these days. <laughs> I mean, I would say you're going for Ben Roethlisberger (laughs) or Heath Miller look, but my goodness. Oh, yeah. It's looking raggedy. It's easy to trim it these days, (laughs) yeah. It's getting bushy. Kelly was commenting on it the other day that it's getting bushy. I probably do need to trim it. After hunting season, I mean, that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's fantastic advice that uh, your dad gave you and that uh, Alan and Amy are giving Corey that, you know. Uh, honestly that that friendship is what needs to be the basis and mm-hmm. if Corey's willing to throw away this friendship with Topanga there's not going to ever be anything there yeah and so we're going to go to this prom fashion show that Turner's before... filling in for <laughs> yeah <laughs> he makes it very clear he's filling in but before we get there Brett he says it took us 14 years for you to do what you did with him, what you did with me. So this is the first time we're hearing of Corey reimagining, re-idealizing their whole love journey. Of yep. it being their whole life of them being meant for each other, destined for one another. So, Yes. yes it's not out of nowhere. major rewriting. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. true. It is. But he shows up. He shows up late, but he shows up after we get a little bit of uh, Turner encouragement that, uh, you know, he, he won't let you down. And Topanga is ready to throw in the towel and admit defeat. But they finally have the conversation that they needed to have when they broke up. Yeah. They finally have it out where their feelings are at the surface and they express them to each other. I'm supposed to see other people. You're supposed to wait till I die. Topanga offers to jump on another girl's back when Corey kisses her. She tells him that when he was willing to throw away their friendship, that hurt her as much as him seeing her kiss another girl did or him seeing her kiss another guy did. I'm mm-hmm. getting all these things jumbled up in my head. It's it's I mean um, this is a hot mess of an hot mess of an episode. It, it is a hot sure. mess of a conversation, but it's a conversation that they needed to have and it took too long, but they finally had it. And so but at the end, Corey wants to be Topanga's friend, and he tells her on the runway that he'll never not be there for her. And so we get to end their story for the episode there on that marker of their friendship is going to to be rebuilt. Is going yeah. to stick. No, it. I mean, so, this is this is the conversation they needed, just like you said, and they need to communicate, and they have to be friends. Like they they have to be more than just the boyfriend girlfriend, and this is ultimately the reason that she didn't want to date him beforehand too, was because she feared. If we broke up, would you still be my friend? Yep. Yeah, a little bit of prophecy there. 
Mm-hmm. And so we go Wisdom. to the tag. <laughs> yes. Uh. We go to the tag. Morgan and Eric are at the kitchen table. Morgan's filling out college applications because, you know, if, if Eric can get in, anyone can. And uh, it's time to go bother Corey. And so, <laughs> but there's one thing in the tag that I wanted us to see. I thought uh, perhaps uh, this might be of help to you. What's this? Read it. A letter of recommendation for Eric Matthews. Exceptional character, enormous potential. Someone I'd bet on. Mr. Feeney, I can't speak. I meant every word. No, you see, I just sealed 500 envelopes. <laughs> I wish they hadn't gone with the joke. Me too. I wish they would have ended it more poignantly. But I love the letter that Mr. Feeney gives to Eric, completely unprompted, just and just those few brief snippets. Exceptional character. I someone I'd bet on. And this coming from someone in Mr. Feeney's position and this coming from him unprompted is just speaks volumes. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, we've talked about this before that to get an actual recommendation letter from a professor or from a teacher slash your principal should not be that difficult. Um, but the fact is, is that Feeney's seeing his determination in a way that he didn't see it before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what gives Feeney the encouragement to put his neck out a little bit, not to say that yep. he's a great student, not to say that he's going to be your top student, but just to say if you essentially, if you want someone who is a good person and is going to try their absolute hardest, this is someone I believe in. Yep. So, no, I agree with you. I wish that they hadn't ended it with the joke of all the letters, because again, if it's 500 letters, which I don't think it was as that was listed, but regardless, you know, 25, even if it's just $25 a pop, which I think it was more, that's still so much money that he doesn't yeah. have. Because he doesn't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they really wanted to, they could just have him apply and try to be on the rowing team. And I mean, that's the way that you do it nowadays. Yep. Find an open <laughs> spot. He can play lacrosse. Yeah. Anyway, oh, that's our episode of Boy Meets World, which means that, that it's time for Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Alright, so let's start with Penn State campuses, Brett. We are um, Penn State. I'm just gonna go go alphabetically. Um, I may not get the right name right, but doesn't matter. So, Abington. Do you want to know what that's near, Brett? Philadelphia. Yeah. Altoona. Beaver. I'm assuming that's the one that Kelly was working at. Barron. Yep. I know that one pretty well. Burks. Brandwine. 
Charlize, Dubois, uh, Fayette, the Albury, Burley campus, Great Valley, Greater Allegheny, Harrisburg, Azelton, Hershey, Lehigh Valley, Mon, Mount Alto, New Kingston, Skulaki, Skulakil, in the eastern central Pennsylvania, huh? Uh, Scranton, Shenago, and University Park, Wilkesbury, Williamsport. There's also apparently World Campuses and York. So, Brett, there is not really a big excuse for why Eric did not apply for any of these specific Penn States, is what I'm going to state. Because if maybe he had, those were all among the 500 letters he stuffed. <laughs> maybe, but again, Penn State itself, the main campus, is a tough one to get into. I was never going to apply to it because I assumed I wasn't going to get admitted. So, uh, Corey asked the question: Windows, what's up with that? So, let's talk about Windows for a moment, Brett. <laughs> A window is an opening in a wall, door, roof, or vehicle that allows the exchange of light that may also allow the person of sound and sometimes air. Uh, modern windows usually glazed and or, or covered uh, in some other transparent or translucent material, a sash set in a frame. In the opening and the sash and frame uh, are also referred to as a window. Oh, in addition uh, to this, many modern windows may uh, have a window screen or mesh often made of aluminum or fiberglass to keep bugs out, but the window open. In the 13th century BC, the earliest windows were unglassed openings in a roof to admit light during the day, and later windows were covered with uh, animal hide, cloth, and woods. Uh, shutters ha that could be opened and closed came next. Over time, windows were built that both protected the inhabitants from the elements and transmit light using multiple uh, shape pieces of translucent materials such as flattened pieces of trans uh, lucent animal horn uh, paper sheets uh, with shin within slice of marble or glass um, yeah so What's the deal with windows? So, let's talk chicken fights, Brett. Chicken fights, or also known as to camel fights, also known as shoulder wars, is an informal game often played in a lake or swimming pool characterized by one team member sitting on top of the shoulders of his or her teammate uh, or piggyback riding. Uh, the object of the game is to knock down or separate an opposing team through team effort. The person on top is considered to be the attacker while the person below is considered to be the vehicle. 
The person below may not use his arm or hands, but must rely on momentum to attack. Uh, but running into the other team, the person on the uh, his or her shoulders is the attacker and may use any means possible to separate the other team made from knocking them over. If the team is separate or knocked away in any way, they are required to resign from the game and the last team remained together is considered the winner. Uh, similarly, the name uh, is called in Japan. I'm going to butcher this, but let's give it a shot. Kibasan, uh, which translates to Calvary Fight. So, there you go. Okay. Uh, bonkers, Brett. <laughs> uh, informal, uh, very fun. Very fond, enthusiastic, excited, informal also, very angry, annoyed, or bothered. Uh, another version is surprisingly or shocking. Uh, going beyond what is normal or conventional in a way that is fun, uh, impressive, or exciting. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about the psychology of trying to be friend with an ex, Brett. Something you need to ask about yourself after you break up with someone and considering them to be friend or not is what do you value about your friendship with your ex? Um, you know, it's kind of the question that Alan and Amy were asking. Do you value this friendship and what what is worth saving and what is worth being a friend over. If you can't figure that out, then maybe you shouldn't be friends. But if you can, be friends. But is there something about security? Or is there something practical or civil or unresolved romantic desires? Are there things that are going to get in the way? How long has it been since the breakup? Now, Brett, I don't know about you, but sometimes after you are no longer with someone, immediately, it's kind of hard to be friends with that person. But hey... If you've broken up with someone, it's been a while, including years, maybe it's actually not that hard to be friends with somebody. Something for us all to think about. Uh, I know for me, I tried to be friends with one of my ex-girlfriends pretty quickly after dating, and that was horrible. <laughs> and Brett had to deal with some of that. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't always go the way you want it to, uh, but that doesn't mean that all the people are bad. Uh, what will this friendship mean uh, for your future romantic relationships? You know, that is a huge one, Brett, that people have to consider. Is this friendship that you're in uh, more important than a future relationship and what that could possibly do to it? So those are things to consider uh, if you want to try to be friends with your ex. Oh, this is what I wanted to get to. Um, big thing, Brett, is uh, college scams. So, uh, another one is, uh, financial service scams. Uh, so this is one where, uh, they will call saying, yes, we want to send you, uh, to a specific school, but we need to get, uh, some more information for you and pay an upfront fee in order for you to get additional funding. Uh, the unpaid tuition scam is basically scammers calling, saying that they're from your school, saying that you won't be able to go to classes anymore if, unless you pay. 
uh, online income scam. Scammers prey on college students promising them a job online and ways for them to make quick and easy money. Hmm. Buying books online scam. Scam artists set up fake websites and get uh, great deals on expensive textbooks, only to never deliver the textbooks. Hmm. Basically... For whatever little money college students may have, there are people out there that are willing to take that money. Mm-hmm. Now, Brett, um, we're talking about exes right now, right? Yes. And I would be remiss right now if I didn't talk about uh, something in particular. Now, I want you to guess the person that I'm talking about. I'm going to name <laughs> the exes. And potentially something that they created using said exes and their relationships. And I want you to guess the person that I'm referring to. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Joe Jonas. Um, this person wrote a song about their relationship, Forever and Always, Last Kiss, Better Than Revenge, uh, Mr. Fine and Perfect, uh, Holy Ground. I'm going to guess Tearless. Hold on, we're not there yet. Uh, okay. Lucas Till, uh, You Belong With Me, Taylor Lautner, uh, Back to December, Apologize, uh, I Can See You, Speak Now, John Mayer, Dear John, Ours, Superman, The Story of Us, I Knew You Were Trouble, uh, Would've, Could've, Should've, Half of My Heart, Coney Island, Evermore. Corey Monteith. Mine. Uh, not an ex, but someone that this person had a crush on. Enchanted. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, this is the big one. We are never ever getting back together. I <laughs> almost do. State of grace. All too well. Uh, apparently there's a 10 minute long version of that song, which I literally today, uh, this came up on one of my feeds. Uh, yeah, that she was like having a really tough time and just started playing in her band. Like they were doing a recording session and just kind of were riffing with her and playing the song. And at the end, her mom was like, so you guys like got all that, right? And they're like, here are you. This is the CD of that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Red, The Moment I Knew, Better Man, Babe, I Bet You Think About Me. Uh, other parts of Coney Island, Evermore Again. Okay. Connor Kennedy, Begin Again, Starlight, Harry Styles, Out of the Woods, I... No places, clean style, question, wonderful land, a little bit more Coney Island, Calvin Harris, <laughs> I did something bad, get away car, forget that you exist, bejeweled, highly, high infidelity, Coney Island, evermore, Tom Hiddleston, get away car, midnight rain, <laughs> Uh, I have no idea who this guy is. Joe Aline. Ready for it. Endgame. Dedicated. King of my heart. Dress. Call it. Call it what you want. 
New Year's Day, Lover, Cruel Summer, I Think He Knows, Paper Ring, uh, Quinella Street, London Boy, and there's not been a confirmed song yet about the breakup with Matt Healy. However, Brett, we're talking about exes, and by far this woman is probably most famous for singing about her past relationships. And you know what I think is going to be her last boyfriend relationship? I'm going to guess it's with a certain athletic tight end. You would be right, Brett, because he has been put on the map by her. There's actually a person that did a, their costume was like her being Taylor Swift and her boyfriend or husband, I can't remember which one he is, but having a map and then her putting Travis Kelsey's face on the map. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so I, I, th- I told Sarah, I'm like, I'm going to wait and not say a word about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And then at the end, when I get to this deep dive <laughs> and the deep dives with this thinking that you thought you'd get one week without it. No, Brett, this is, this is a reality. This is just part of our oh, show now. <laughs> every week. It's the Taylor Swift minute. You know, every time that Taylor Swift comes up, she gets her own chapter, and it's typically about your name attached to it. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Is that all of your deep dives? Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about what we learned then. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? What did we learn, Tyler? Well, Brett, I learned something very simple this week. Yes. And that is sometimes you have to deliver bad news to people. Hmm. And if you can do it with grace, and if you can tell it to them in a way that reminds them that they're doing all the things right now they're supposed to be doing but just sometimes these bad things happen you know sometimes those can go really horribly but also they can go well Mm -hmm. and it's not up to us to decide how they go all we can do is just give them the information that they need to have and it's better to be honest sooner rather than later. Indeed. What'd you learn, Brent? Well, I learned that uh, if you broke up with someone, you really shouldn't do things like kiss your ex on the cheek if they're having a hard time. Yeah. But really, uh, as a parent, um, you should really be always on on guard for when your kids are going through a breakup and just be ready to walk through it with them because it's going to be tough for them especially if it's their first one it's it's going to be rough on them um it's just they're just going to need you to be there for them yeah And it might be as important as sharing about your own experiences. And it might be as important as just sitting with them. 
So that's what I learned this week. Fair. All right. So let's talk about... I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? What would you grade this episode? I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go first? Yeah. I am going to go with uh, an A-. minus. It was sitting at an A initially, but those moments with Topanga being out of character are rough to get through. It, it really is there. If, if she was written more in character, if those sequences were, were sequences that weren't just shoehorned in and were more natural to the character, like we had talked about, this could very easily be an A plus episode. So I'm, I'm going to go with an A minus. That's fair. Uh, gosh. Here's the thing. This episode is excellent. And there's things in here that I really enjoy. But this is one of those episodes I avoid. Not because the episode is bad, but because I, I don't like the Topanga and Corey aren't together. But it's so important for their development. So I can't really take it away just because for me personally, I don't like it when the two of them are not happy and those uncomfortable arguments you have to have. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to go with a B plus. Because again, I don't disagree with it. This could be easily an, an A plus episode. Um, I mean, some of the one liners are terrific, but you know, this is just one of those that, I think suffers from the fact that it's the breakup episode is the is the real after effect episode of the breakup, but then also like this is also part of the problem with having so many characters, especially adult characters right now. You can't really have the time with each of them to keep them developing. And also, it really bothers me with the whole Sean and his understanding of what dating actually is. Mm -hmm. It really bothers me. I can forgive Topanga as in she was acting in a way that was not natural for her because she was told that's what she's supposed to do. And she was, you know, allowing herself to be peer pressured into doing something she didn't want to. But uh, Sean... I am very troubled with his understanding of dating. Yeah. And I also wonder of what Turner's influence is on this and if he'd be worse or better with him. I don't know. But I'm worried. <laughs> so, Brett, I believe I you owe that. me a dad joke. I do. I've got uh, two here I've been vacillating between. I'll go with this one. I just found out that arg isn't a real word. Huh. I cannot express how angry I am. <laughs> Very nice. And with that good-looking people, uh. that is our episode. Thanks for checking in with us and for sticking with us the whole episode. We're glad that you're here. 
We're still yes, running our so contest. Five emails. Make us giggle. Make us laugh out loud. We'll read the best ones on air. And the best one will get a t-shirt. Yep. Send us we your emails at dazmeatworld at gmail.com. How many emails, Tyler? We gotta have five. Gotta have five. We'll pick the best one from the five. You don't have to write five, but we need five. Yeah. And you can also uh, follow us online at our social channels at Dazmeat World, Twitter slash X, Instagram. I'm never going to get used to calling it X. Uh, never Facebook. It X. And, and our brand new TikTok. Yeah. And yeah, you can stalk us there or, yeah. you know, leave us messages. We like that too. Yeah. So, yeah. Tyler, until next week, I'll see you, good looking. Back to you, good looking. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Just let me find the right one here because I re I deleted one and it reordered the whole thing. So cool. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Let's just play one clip here and make sure it even works. That's a good call. What is the issue tonight with the soundboard? I don't know. I've not heard a single thing from the soundboard. It's not playing on my end either. Oh. I okay, heard now we're playing one. Okay, one. I think we're okay now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's try that again.